Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What's good, Kansas City? Kansas City, here we are. Players only, the first week last year, I should say earlier this year, during the playoff run, we kicked off a show, players only, myself, Joe Mays, and Sean Barber. Sean Barber had to bring his playbook in, go see the GM. He's no longer here. <laughs> Uh-oh. But so is Joe and I. Yes. But the brainchild behind this was just to have a show that had players on it, former players, talking about everything on and off the field that involved the NFL players and the lives and the game and our breakdowns and so on. And uh, 610, give them props. Shout out to 610 Sports. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> they embraced it, and now we're here for the full season. So we appreciate everybody co- tuning in, listening for the show, players only. And we got a guest in here today. But before we get to the guest, Joe Mays, former chief, NFL veteran. Tell me a little bit about your bio and your background. All right, so a little bit about me. I like walks on the beach. I don't know about <laughs> all these other cats. But, nah. um, but uh, you know, I grew up in Chicago. I came up uh, I came up through football by going to North Dakota State. Uh, winner, of se- winner of seven the of the last eight national the championships. The bison, not and the you bison. Say bison. Don't say bison. It's a Z sound. It's not yeah. an S. It's not yeah. bison. It's bison. Yeah. And we deserve that. But, uh, yeah, I went went there. You know, I was able to, you know, be a part of a great program. And that led me to the NFL. And I, and I played eight great years, eight more than what, you know, anyone gave me credit for, anyone wanted me to make. But, you know, I was able to definitely make a name for myself and, you know, do some great things and take care of my family. So, you know, I'm definitely appreciative of that. What's definitely. your name again? Joe Mays. Oh, there, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good to meet you, bro. Good yeah. to meet you, man. And we yeah. got our guest. There he is. Yeah, legend. You know, oh, let me man. just tell you, before, you know, I was hesitant about having two defensive guys Here we go. in this booth. Here we go. You know, I had to take some Maalox. I had to take some stomach pills. Because I just can't always be around defensive people you for long periods of time. You don't but, like the truth. But, yeah. you know, we truth. got we got this guy, J.C. Pearson, we'll in the, in the building right now. And. JC, tell me, uh, tell us about uh, your background as well. Man, I don't have to tell you about my background. I mean, I, you know I, my background. It was before Google was out, Kansas, so I yeah. mean, you know. <laughs> we, hey, Wikipedia is still out there, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but, you know, played here, been in Kansas City for a long time, man, and played here for eight years, been in TV forever, did some yep. radio here yeah. also, and, uh, you know, just enjoying life now, man. But uh, thanks for having me on the, the the first show of the year. I don't know if that's a, an honor or you just couldn't get anybody else to show up or whatever, but, you know. It's not an honor. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely, you know, it's definitely not something in my playbook to have a defensive back well, on the first show or any show, but you know what? Everybody's got to do charity. Well, and I, this is my charity. I came just because of Joe. Yeah, that's that's, what, what, it, oh, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, so the truth it, yeah. is coming out. The truth is coming that's out. How I appreciate the principal guys get down, man. We, we definitely stay, you know, we stay after each other. But hey, I mean, hey. Yeah, we brothers. You know, hey, it's low IQ time. Oh, you know, oh, I mean, oh, 
That's the defensive side. Y'all wow. really don't have much to study. So, I mean, hey. just seek, hit, and, hey. and deflect. That's yeah, how I mean, you, you don't even have to catch the ball on your side of the on your side of the uh, line of scrimmage. Not Shots deflect, but destroy. Y'all just got to just knock the ball down. Y'all ain't got to have the skill to catch it, secure it. What? Inbounds, out of bounds. Just knock it down. You do your job. What about That's knocking right. you down? <laughs> hey, they did that every once in a while. Yeah. Come every... across that middle. <laughs> and I am Danon Hughes. Former Chief, former Iowa Hawkeyes, six years in the NFL, played two years of pro baseball, and uh, just been around Kansas City for 25-plus years. Been a part of the media here, whether it was Metro Sports, Spectrum Sports, pregame, postgame shows. Uh, have embraced being here in the Midwest since 1988 after leaving New Jersey. So mm. wow. grew up five minutes from New York City and uh, been out in the Midwest for the last, what, 30 years now. So hey. definitely been blessed. Five kids, three grandkids, and still part. Got one foot in the locker room. Be able to talk about some football. Absolutely. You before Google, too. <laughs> yeah, a little bit before Google. Oh, yeah. Hey, at least I didn't have no leather helmets on. Like, y'all, you know, I was right after leather helmets oh, with y'all. Man. You know what? That gave me a, be- a better appreciation for this man right here. If he did have to wear the leather, leather yeah, helmet. Right? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was hard-nosed. Well, let's get to it, guys. I mean, there's a lot of topics. Obviously, people want to hear our our takes on the Chiefs, where we stand now. You know, everybody's booking their tickets to Miami after one week. But we've seen a lot that that goes on on the field. And I think, you know, this is more conversational, obviously. But the interesting aspect, we all have conversations in the parking lot, at at the Founders Club, at the stadium, uh, golf tournaments, and so on. And we see perspectives of the game that are different than the general fan. Not not better, not mm-hmm. worse, just different. We, we see the, the ins and outs. I don't know if, about you guys, but when I watch a play, if somebody freeze frame that play afterwards, I could tell you pretty much what all 22 guys did just by watching, just because that's how we, were, that's right. how we grew up in the game, watching film, dissecting yep. everything. Yep. And, you, and you know, we'll be sitting in the stands, J.C., and you and I. that's the difference, yeah. Yeah, it's the, a huge difference. The average fan watches the ball. Yeah. Right. Whereas players watch the whole field. Because exactly. that's how we study film. We And it's just by nature. We see everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas the fans, they don't see certain things. They just watch the ball and see what happens during the play. I yeah. can't tell you how much, how many times I've sat in the stands, and it's not anything against fans, but I've sat in the stands, and they could have sworn somebody was wide open 50 yards right. down the field. And, like, the ball was thrown three seconds ago. You know, the defensive back was coming up to make a tackle. That guy is just jogging the rest of his mm-hmm. way because he knows he's going to the sideline. Right. But that's just another – that's just an example of what we see versus what other people see. And we saw a lot against Jacksonville. And, Joe, you from in the trenches in the front seven, yep. you see a whole different ball game, even from the stands, never mind uh, uh, at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I think the – you know – from the stands, the first thing I'm watching is the linebackers. I mean, I, I want to make sure that these guys are out there communicating. You get, you get in the front set, and then you get making sure the back end, they know what's going on too. Um, and then I look at their depth from the from the line. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're too tight, then more than likely they may get swallowed up by offensive linemen. If, they ha- if they're deep enough, like uh, if anyone watched London Fletcher play, that guy used to be six yards off the ball. That way he sees everything, mm-hmm. and he allowed his defensive players to take up all the blocks and he makes all the plays. Make all the tackles. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, I'm definitely looking at it from that standpoint. Um, But then, you know, once the ball is snapped, you know, I'm I'm looking at the reaction from the linebackers, whether they're able to tell whether it's run or pass. And, you know, sometimes if you're late on the read, that way they dunk it right behind you. Mm -hmm. Or 
if they're running the ball, you won't be able to get to it right. if, if you fall behind. So, you know, I'm definitely watching from, you know, the linebacker standpoint, but I see everything for sure. But that that's why this show is so good because yeah. you guys can talk about the the little things, the the, the footwork, nuances, yep. the technique, yep. the guy false steps, the guy misread, you know, things that people that haven't played the game don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys can enlighten them, teach them, and, and they can come here for this hour on Thursday and get educated as well as entertained. I'm glad you brought that up, JC. Talk about, you know, I know from an offensive perspective, but you guys on the defensive side, your game preparation from Monday, you get the game plan. What was your study about the opponents? And and what was the what was involved in those meetings that when you got Sunday, walked on the field and it was pregame warm-up, you felt like I am totally uh, engulfed in this uh, opposing offense. I know exactly what they're going to do, mm-hmm. and I'm totally confident that I can put out a winning performance. Well, it starts with, with the game plan and what you get. Typically, you get it on Wednesdays, which is the yeah. first day of the week. Um, understand what we're trying to do defensively. And then a lot of it is film study, man. Yes. Studying that offense, knowing for my position, playing corner, splits, down and distance. What do they do on on second and eight? What do they do on second and short or third and five, whatever? You know, so it's all broken down for you in the, in the scouting report, third and short, third and long, all these plays. Um, and then it's up to you to study that. Yeah. Go in, watch the film. Understand, I you know have a notebook on all the receivers that I played against, all the little nuances, all those little things help. And then the more you're prepared, the more on Sunday you step out there and you're confident. Yeah, you're confident. You know, just like in in any job, if if you're prepared for a speech, you can go and do that speech and you feel good. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. But if you're not quite sure what you're supposed to say and you step up there, now you're nervous. You, you're unsure. And same thing on the football field. And you can't play that way. Yeah, you're definitely in trouble if you don't know what's going on. I mean, but, you know, those first couple days, we actually used to get started looking at the opposing uh, team on Mondays. Yeah. So they were sneaking in as we're watching film from the past game, and then we would watch a little bit of film so that we can know, you know, what's their bread and butter, what are some things that they really Mm -hmm. like to to do, Um, especially if, you know, you have a team that's running the ball. So, you know, we would sit there and we would watch film, and the one thing I know I would look at if they're running the ball because we would – you know, focus on first and 10 the very first day, what are the splits of the offensive linemen? Yeah. You know, that right there tells me whether it's run or pass. Mm-hmm. What's the depth of the running back? Is he five yards? Or if if, if he if he's five yards, more than likely, you know, it's a quick hit or it's pass play. Right. And if he's seven yards, you know he's running the ball. He's giving his offensive line time to make a hole. Mm-hmm. That way the running back can get right through. So, right. you know, I used to always pay attention to those little small details and that right there let me know, let me know what was going to go, what was going on on the field so I can anticipate it. It's like poker. I mean, it's yeah. like yeah. the tails yeah. in poker. And yeah. and I always say there, there's no such thing as a dumb athlete. They're just athletes that do dumb things. Exactly. We obviously have mm-hmm. seen that, and we'll talk about that later in the show as well. But you can't be dumb, no, and play in the NFL or play any pro sport because I remember defensive backs, whether they're right-handed or left-handed if they like the quick jam, mm-hmm. what their feet look like when they quick jam versus when they shuffled out, whether when when they were in zone versus man, what was that tell from that guy? What were the safeties? If the safeties were nine yards deep versus ten yards deep, yep. if they were staggered, if they were if their hips were shifted one side or the other. All those little all things. All of those little Small nuances things. and idiosyncrasies. And, and, and all those things happen before the ball's even snapped. Yeah. You know, and then when, when they shift, they motion, starts all over again. Exactly. So you have to know exactly what you're supposed to do, study. 
another thing that, that I used to do that helped me in pregame was I used to watch them warm up, run their offensive plays. Yep. Because what are they running? The plays that they're, they're going to run, run in the game. In, in the, the game. game. Yep. So I would see if they are doing anything different than what we saw on film. And I can't tell you how many times I picked up little keys from watching the other team in pregame. It, it was crazy. Yeah. And then, you know, another thing I used to watch for with running backs. So, you know, most running backs, they, you know, they have the gloves on or they're not wearing gloves. They want to make sure that the, the hand's not slippery. Mm-hmm. So if I see a running back that's wiping his hands on his towel, that means he's preparing to get the ball some way or another. Yeah. Whether it's a run play or whether it's a screen play yeah. or they're going to run a route out of the backfield. So it's always little small details that help win the game. And that's what and I used to, before we go to a break, I used to line up to the line of scrimmage, break the huddle the same way on pass plays and run plays because I knew if I thought like a defensive back, yep. if I come moping out of the huddle, it's going to be a run play. Right. I know I'm not going to get the ball. Or if it's a pass play, I come out and I'm yeah, all jazzed exactly. up and ready to go. Right, so right. those are the little idiosyncrasies and nuances that I don't think a lot of people recognize that we recognize and we prepare for yeah. in every single game. The NFL player is more in-depth and connected than most people would ever believe in regards to a game plan and preparation against the opponents. But we're going to talk more about all of those things and some game prep and You know what? It's Raiders week. You're not supposed to have a smile on around here. It's Raiders week, and we'll get to that next. And we're back, guys. Talk a little football players only. Joe Mays, J.C. Pearson, and I am Danon Hughes. We got through the players' prep. And some of those little cheating things you guys used to do on defensive side, I used to pay attention to. That's That's what defensive guys are. Did you know the the, the synonym in the dictionary, defensive player, is cheater? Did y'all know that? I didn't know that. Now you know. I thought it was tough, smart, physical, aggressive. That must have been the dictionary you, you unlike, made up. Unlike the offensive guys, Joe, you know how those guys are. Some of them a little soft, a little yeah, timid. Little, very soft. Yeah. Don't want to come across the middle. I don't know. Boy. I don't don't want to come down guys. and crack nobody. Yeah. I don't know look, none look of those guys. I don't know seven. who y'all yeah. talking about. Yeah. You know, them guys that look good in shorts, but right, then you put right. the pads those on. Cheaters, they somehow, people. some way disappear. I don't, I don't know. I don't practice know. all pro. I had to check my wallet. After every game, just to make sure a defensive player didn't steal my wallet. Hey man, we gotta no. do what we gotta do. Hey, and as we all as we all heard at some point, <laughs> if you ain't cheating, you, you ain't, ain't trying. trying. <laughs> so Marty, <laughs> Marty used to say, "Win if you may, lose if you must, but always cheat." Yeah, oh, that's yes. what he said. Yes, if they don't call it, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The exactly. flag ain't on the field, yeah, right? Exactly. Well, well speak being down and dirty and and cheating and. Nasty and mm-hmm. all those different uh, all those different adjectives. It's Raiders week. Mm-hmm. It's Raiders week, guys. Yes. I feel like I feel like we got to be like a deep voice, no smile. Yeah, it's, scowl it's on changed your face. Over the years, I know it right? has changed. It's changed, man. but I will say this: Coach Spags, the defensive coordinator, I heard through the grapevine over the week that he started showing some of the old clips of Chiefs oh, is that right? versus Raiders trying to get the guys engaged in understanding the rivalry like it used to be. I know, mm-hmm. you know, the different times and, you know, hey, back in my day, we can do that all day and all night. But it sounds like and it feels like, especially, in, and I wonder if it's because of hard knocks, because of John Gruden, because of all that's gone on that maybe there's a little bit more stirring and now they're 1-0, we're 1-0. Do you feel, I mean, 
do you guys feel it like I feel it? Like come around? I don't feel it early in the week, but like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm like, okay. Yes, whenever you see them on yeah. TV, oh, yeah. just that the, uniform, yeah. right? Yep. Yep. That, black that silver and silver. And black, man. You know, you you get that feeling about them just because it's been ingrained in us, man. Yep. Just you know, back when I was here. Raider week, they posting it up in the locker room. It's Raider week. Yep. And there was intensity from, from Wednesday on, you know, and Marty used to let us know he hates the Raiders. They, they don't like us. Yep. And you better strap it on. You better tighten your shoulder pads a little more, tape up a little more, and, and better be ready to bring it. And, Joe, you, you have the unique distinction of playing for the Chiefs, the Broncos, and the Chargers. Yeah. So you got to experience it from all different angles is it different here in Kansas City? I mean, I wouldn't know that because I only played here in Kansas City. Is it different as far as Chiefs Raiders versus Chargers Raiders versus Broncos Raiders? No, nah, it's no different. Every single team I played for hated the Raiders. Everybody hated the Raiders. Right. Nice. Just because. When That's you, good to know. I yeah, like that. I mean, <laughs> when, when you're going into Oakland, you got to deal with the fans, and the fans yeah. are super nasty. Yep. Super nasty. Yeah. Like throwing bottles and They're throwing bottles at the players. They're spitting at the players. You want to know the craziest thing I've seen being on the sideline uh, versus the Raiders one game, looking all the way up at the top of the stadium and seeing that there's a fight breaking out. Mm-hmm. It's Raiders fans fighting against Raiders fans. Yeah, That's how yeah. nasty. Like, they, they don't care. Like, they just yeah. angry. Yeah. And and the thing is, I mean, you know, when you're playing that game, you definitely have to have that same type of energy because those guys, they're going to come out and play. Everyone oh, yeah. knows the Raiders, they don't play. They come out and they play physical. They play hard nose, and you got to be prepared for that. We had to wear our helmets the entire game on the sideline mm-hmm. because they would throw stuff at us. But I will say this, and it still has reigned true. The Raiders, it didn't matter who was coaching, it didn't matter who was the quarterback, et cetera. Marty, Marty Schottenheimer used to say the same thing. He said, they're going to give us a shot. Yeah, keep it close. They're going to give us a shot to take the game. Yeah. We got to be ready to take it. Yeah. And if you go back from the Jeff Georges all the way through, there was always a time in the game where they did something that the Chiefs were ready for and then that turned the game around. Yep. And, and, you know, they've had yeah. some close battles, and obviously the Raiders, I never lost to the Raiders. I played six years, 12 games against the Raiders, 12-0. and 0. Actually, I'm sorry, 11-1 and 1 against the Raiders. I lost the last one. Sebastian Janikowski kicked a, a game-winning field goal with no seconds left on the clock, I believe, in 1998. But other than 11-1 against that team, it was like we chalked up a victory because we knew we were a better team, obviously. We were going to mm-hmm. be more disciplined. And we knew that they were going to do something stupid, whether it was going to be 12 penalties in a game, mm-hmm. turnovers, something that would allow us to win the game. And that still reigns true. And that's what Marty used to say. Keep it close. And in the fourth quarter, I guarantee you, they'll do something stupid to lose the game. Yep. And, and it rang true more often than not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Joe, let me ask you this, though, man. You played in the AFC West, yep. Denver and San Diego. How did they feel about the Chiefs? You know what, Ooh. man? You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. How yeah, did they, good, good. Open up. Because I played in Minnesota, so it's different. But you played yeah. in the AFC West. How, how did they feel about the Chiefs? I think uh, – Don't make me come across this table. Hey, mm-hmm. man, look, all I, could do, all I could do is tell you what I felt. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't – I think with – I can say this. With all of the teams that I played for, there was a sincere hate for the Raiders. We're going to go ahead and get that on out the way. Right. That's his own separate box. That's his own separate yeah. box. I think that was more of a respect factor with every other team that I played for when it came for the Chiefs. Okay. Everyone respected the Chiefs, but it was still a rivalry game. Right, right. So, you know, they made sure that you were going to bring your best out week in, week out. But the thing is, you got to be smart. Like, it's not about just going out there, being physical, and doing something dumb and giving the game away. Mm-hmm. They knew that the Chiefs, every time they were well coached, and they were going to come out and play hard. Even during those 
you know, down seasons that the Chiefs had, right. they were still a well-coached team. They mm-hmm. still made plays. They still had great players. So you had to make sure that you were prepared for their best. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a rivalry game. So you don't need to hear too much more than it's rivalry. It's right. the Chiefs. You, you up and going and you're ready to go. Yeah, man. I got. I love the Raiders week. I mean, I got a lot of obnoxious family that are Raiders oh, fans, man. Cowboy fans. Unfortunately, we only get to play them once every four years. But Raiders week opens up the door and has always opened up the door for me to talk a lot of trash on social media with family and friends. And, you know, this is going to be a fun game this week. I mean, you, you think about Derek Carr and what he's feeling and all the craziness that's gone on with Antonio Bryan and 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 – just that team being in flux, and I'm sure we've been in the locker room. What's the coach saying? Hey, it's us against the world. Everybody mm-hmm. hates us. Everybody thinks we're stupid. Everybody, uh, everybody's counting us out. Antonio, that whole Antonio Bryant thing is is swayed people. It's just got to be us. We're all the brotherhood and blah blah blah. Hey, I, I, you know, Gruden's gonna have them ready to play. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. they're they gonna be fired up and they're gonna be ready to go. It's out there. It's gonna be crazy out there. You know the fans, like you said, man. The, their, their fans are crazy, <laughs> and, and and it's crazy because they they ain't done nothing in a long, long time, man. right? Yeah. yeah. And those fans are still crazy about them, man. Love those guys, diehards, but uh, they'll be ready this weekend. Trust if, me. If fans, there's any the team, team, everything. If there's any team that was going to break into Vegas, and obviously that's not happening right now, they're still going to play in the Coliseum mm-hmm. this coming weekend you would say it would be the Raiders. I mean, now mm-hmm. that's the team that you would identify as a team that would go to Vegas and make a splash because all the craziness yeah. and, you know, the fans that are all across the country that love to put on the face paint and, and the spiked hats and, and get now, out. And, and now act, they get to travel to yeah. Vegas yeah. and act up and act have fool, some fun. Yeah. Oh, man, it's going to be wild out there. You know what? The Raiders, I think the Raiders just bring out the worst in everybody. Like, even coaches that, you know, don't normally yell or don't normally curse. Yeah. You hear them yelling and cursing that week for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Because it, it, it's like it's a make-or-break week. If we lose this game, I lose my job, you lose your job. Like, right. That's how you felt like the coaching was on you. So, I mean, it was always where, you know, it just brought out the worst in everybody. Brought everybody out the worst in everybody, and it's a true black hole. They obviously have yes. the black yeah. hole in the stadium, but it's a true black hole. I mentioned on, on social media a couple of weeks ago, Rich Gannon is the last person to me, and I may be wrong, Rich Gannon is the last person that went to the Raiders as a free agent and was in a better place, or like became better. Mm-hmm. He wound up winning an MVP, right. and he wind up bringing them to the Super Bowl. I can't name another free agent that left somewhere and actually did better with the Raiders than they did either in their original place at, at all. Maybe Rodney Hudson, and, and yet he, yes. he left here, and now he's a starter there, pro bowler, and, and making a lot of money. But still, they haven't well, won they haven't anything. Won. The right, team right. hasn't won anything. Right. He may individually have been in a mm-hmm. better place than being a backup here. But Rich mm-hmm. Gannon, 2001, when he left Kansas City and he got there, won the MVP, brought him to the Super Bowl, that's a true black hole. Yes. I mean, I mean that's, the, that's the epitome of a black hole, and that's why they, they don't have any success. They can't even get the best out of – Free agents, even though they give them a whole bunch of money. I mean, they had a lot of really good free agents that went in there. I mean, our very own Derek Johnson went yep. there and played yeah. for a year. Navarro Bowman, he was there for a year. Um, you know, Albert Lewis went Albert there. Lewis, Jerry Lewis Rice. I mean, there, you can yeah. go. And, and, you know, it, it that mystique that you were talking about, man, you know, this is a little bit before your time. You might have – 
you might have experienced it, but when they were playing in L.A. and in, in the Coliseum, you mm-hmm. go down, you know, you see the Just Win Baby and, you know, the the the, the cheerleaders, you yep. know, they're famous for the cheerleaders too. And then Al Davis, always dressed in white, man, yeah. all white. He had, one, he had a guy specifically on payroll to clean his white shoes. Did you know that? I, heard, I, I, I didn't heard know that. that. Clean his white shoes. That doesn't surprise me. But white he would always leather. be by us in pregame. So he would come and stand by us, specifically the defensive backs, just stand there because, you know, he loved his wide receivers and, and fast speed guy. and speed, go down yep. the field. But I don't know if it was an intimidation thing or what, but it was a trip, man. You know, yeah. just seeing Al Davis and that mystique and, yep. and that song that they play and all that, man, they, they definitely have a little mystique to them. Yep. Well, I guess we can put a smile back on our faces now. We had a lot of smiles against the Raiders in, in all the years we played. But it's Raiders week, so we're going to keep that scowl on right mm-hmm. now. And we're going to talk about just players impacting, the impactful players. We talk, we brought up about Antonio Bryant earlier and, and his antics. We're going to see this week if, if what he did off the field and partially what on the field, if that's going to hurt that organization and, and that program. So we'll talk about that next. Yeah, we're back. And we're back. And we're back. And And they're going to let us back every single week. JC, they're going to let me back in here every single week. Every week. I can't believe it, but hey, as long as Joe's here, it's all (laughs) good. That's what I'm talking about. Don't be trying to team up on me, man. defensive guy, man. I'm going to have. He's going to keep you in check. Keep you in check. And make sure the strategy stays the same. Be careful what you ask for because I'm scheduling more offensive guys than defensive guys. So you better take advantage of JC being in here right now. I'm going to get some of my brother on on the real side of the football in here. You know what? Bring him in. Specifically the offensive lineman. Any any former NFL offensive lineman that's in KC, please come on in so we can have a conversation. Hey, normally everything is positive when I'm talking about offensive guys, but Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, there. There it is, right there. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Let me say it again. Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. that's normally that's the normal <laughs> response <laughs> you hear anytime oh, you mention that brother's man. name. Yeah, yeah. We all had characters mm-hmm. in the locker room. We might have been part of the characters in the locker room, but not to this extent, man. I mean, this dude is off the chain. He really is. It's, he's all. He yeah, is. He's he out is, there. He's out there, man. And you wonder Idiot. if it's something. Not call anything, man. It, it fits you something. Yeah, you wonder if it's something deep. And obviously, we don't want to make a joke if it's right. something deeper, right. deeper mentally, emotionally, you know, stable wise or what have because you. But it if it's like, not, it seems like it is. It does, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna give him a little bit of credit for that. But we also got to go on the other side because you know the the brothers in the locker room they they clowning him. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? They they they're talking like, okay, we're not giving him the benefit of the doubt that he's as a screw loose. We're going to talk about this fool acting a fool. Right. I mean, he's just acting a fool in the locker room, on TV, all the antics, helmet, going to sue the NFL for a helmet. Right. Or a Still, helmet. man, put a helmet on it. Get <laughs> just out get there, out there man. and play. Yeah. yeah. Th- I'm surprised that, that nobody stepped to him in the locker room, for yeah. real. I mean, and they may have. I don't know. But, you know, because you're messing with everybody's money. You got your money, so to speak, your $30 million, but you're messing with – possible playoff money yep. and beyond. So you're messing with everybody, you know, and they out there busting their butt, doing everything, and you in here acting a fool, man. 
you know, that that doesn't sit well with guys, man. Yeah, I mean, and, and not to mention that you already set yourself back with that cryotherapy in, incident where, right. you know, he had frostbite in his feet. Mm-hmm. So it's like he, he... And they don't do that at the Leia Center. No. The Leia no, Center, no, 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 they no. got that cryo machine, bro. <laughs> yeah, they put on do. some Eskimo socks <laughs> yeah. on me yeah, when man. I went in there, Joe. So yeah. I know you take care. You ain't going to have no... Scuffed up feet, and no, torn nah. up feet in, in, at your spot. Nah, we make sure you take care of yourself. That is the Leia Center on Sixth and Wall. <laughs> <Yes, it is. laughs> and our crowd there therapy unit is amazing. I know um, that's right. But you know what? In the locker room, you can live with that because yeah. it's like an injury. You yeah. know, I mean, he's got something wrong with him. That's cool. But the helmet thing definitely ain't flowing. And then all the other stuff after that, like enough is enough. Yeah, man. exactly. Yeah, I, I, it's it's extremely unreal to you know that he had to do everything that he had to do. And when it rained and poured, like, it it was one thing after another. So, I mean, it's twofold. One, you can look at it as, you know, any publicity is good publicity. Like, always having your name out there, you're doing something well for yourself. Yeah. You know, life after football, be right? Be careful Business what you world. ask for, though. But mm-hmm. be careful what you ask for because mm-hmm. as you continue to put your name out there, you could everybody More see stuff. your face, everybody hear about you, you have other things coming in, yep. you know, when it comes to the, this uh the situation right. that he had with the young lady. Right. So I mean, I don't believe that would have came up if he wasn't on the TV. As if he wasn't as he obnoxious. Was. If, he, if wasn't he wasn't obnoxious. obnoxious right. Yeah. And, and throughout the hard knocks and throughout the off season, if he wasn't obnoxious, then this would have just been a normal situation. Now, obviously, it's 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 obviously a negative situation. Anytime mm-hmm. you have a situation that involves a woman and violence against a, 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 a against a woman from a man or sexual abuse a sexual right. abuse that is the utmost at the highest level of negativity that can happen yeah but when you add in the other stuff it makes the the level of obnoxiousness that much more yeah he he's done to me because yeah. I I don't see how he's gonna if he does get through this He's not going to change because that's him. You know, I know a lot of people were talking about, well, he orchestrated his way out of that's, Oakland. That's ridiculous. Right. That's ridiculous because did you see that text? The text yes. message, that's him. Yeah. He ain't orchestrating nothing. That's him talking. <laughs> that's him saying. So that's him. And and so he's got some issues, man. And I just don't see how all of a sudden now he's going to go to New England and he's going to change and be this this upright person. You are who you are. Yeah, yeah. especially so, up to this point. Right. So he may he may get through a few weeks or whatever, but at some point, something's going to come up and he's going to pop off again. And stars that leave teams impact teams. But there's oftentimes it's minimal impact. I mean, I think Jacoby Brissett taking over for Andrew Luck. Yeah, that, yeah you lose a great quarterback, but it's not going to be a, as huge a, a difference for that organization going forward he went out classy he went out in the way he needed to go he he felt like he couldn't give the team anything that he got and he got much respect across the landscape of professional sports not just football across the landscape of professional sports because of the way he carried himself in and out of the game Antonio Brown he ain't doing it that right way and he's going to have a negative impact on the Raiders because they got to answer the questions every week then you got the Patriots. They got to answer the questions every week. I saw uh, a uh, a clip of Bill Belichick today. He's saying, I'm not answering it anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now he's the only coach that can get away with it because of all the Super Bowls he won. But that just tells you the, the tenor of what's going on wherever this man goes. And it's unfortunate. Now, you got, we were all in locker rooms where guys held out. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I remember my mm-hmm. rookie year, Neil Smith held out up until Monday of the first game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he started that game, did damage. That was the year we went to the AFC West Championship. I mean, we went to the AFC Championship. When you look at social media, they really believe that those type of things impact teams. Antonio Brown stuff impacts. That other stuff does not impact Mm -mm. teams. Nope. No, not at all. Not at all. You know what? I believe... You know, with Antonio Brown leaving the Oakland Raiders, it, I, I believe it's going to have a negative impact on them just because they're losing. I mean, although we're talking about everything that he's doing off the field, away from football, on the field, he's one of the top three wide receivers in the game, maybe the top receiver in the game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, from that standpoint, they're losing an, a great player. But, I mean, you know what? It, we can sit here and talk about him all day. Everything with that helmet, he end up getting a helmet deal. Yeah. He That's got a helmet crazy. deal, and then, but the crazy part, he switched helmets again. <laughs> <laughs> got a deal, and then switched. It's like switch it's like again. Odell. Get, I mean, he he wore that three hundred fifty thousand dollars watch. Man, he man. didn't pay that watch. He didn't pay for that watch. I though. know, but still, man. <laughs> <laughs> these cats these days, man. I, I don't know, man. You ain't you wearing know. no watch out there, man. Like and, and he says he's gonna keep wearing it. Yeah, I mean, come I ain't on. Mad, I ain't because mad. there's not a rule against it. Right. I ain't mad at him, man. But, that, but you know that kind of stuff, though, man. I, I don't know, bro. It's just, <laughs> what would it's you just, do? Hey. What would you do against it? Your defensive back against it? I'd be trying to snatch it off. To be honest with you, I really would. You gonna snatch it? Put it in your pocket <laughs> after the play, whatever, man. Just just try to break it, yeah. just to get just to get him mad. You know, like what a key. But, you like you was one of those a key to leave type cats that rip off chains. Oh yeah, and that's why I knew I hated y'all defensive players. Oh. And as for linebackers, we always aim at the hands anyway. Whenever the whenever the ball carrier is holding oh, the ball, yeah, like, so right. running backs, we're not aiming at their body. We're trying to beat up those hands because yeah. you get later in the game, they might end up coughing that ball up. Yeah, so you're tied in the hands. That's yeah, right. I'm going right. to go ahead and aim at that hand, but I'm definitely going to aim at that watch because yeah. if you're willing to wear it out here, knowing how much it costs, hey, go buy another one. That's, now, that's now a good did point. he wear one when he was with the Giants? He didn't do that. No, at he all, didn't right? do that. I it's got to be an endorsement or some kind of perk big, that he got in off season. Big right. money. I mean, he's global. You know, yeah, he's yeah, global. He's, global. he's a global now. So, you know, I mean, plus he made as as much money as he's made. I mean, you know, that's just the type of things that rich guys do. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Hey, yeah. well, we got to get back to the Chiefs game, and you know what? I, one point, I like to do a lot of stuff on the field. And I like I was coming into this show, want to talk about stuff that's going on on the field, but off the field, socially and otherwise. Perception versus reality, does it matter? You get the people on, on social media that thinks that they can say whatever, do whatever, right. act however, on the field, from the stands, in social media, say whatever, talk about your mama and all this stuff, and then expect us not to be human. I want to get you guys' opinion on that because I, I, I think that's that's a very telling about the fan base, but it's also telling in reality about just humanity. Superstars that aren't going to play in this game impact in this game in a negative way, possibly. But I want to go back to what we ended with, the perception and reality. Mm-hmm. Off the field, fans, social media, people that can puff up their chest in 140 characters. Yes. Yeah. Now, I'm so glad I wasn't a pl- I, I'm so I, glad I wasn't a player when social media was out because I, 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 maybe I'll be too sensitive. I wonder if my kids are watching right, or listening right. or reading. And, you know, I want to yeah. get defensive just because – of that, I mean, there's so many different 
aspects of it. And, and not only that, I mean, fans feel like, or some fans, I should say, feel like just because they buy a ticket, they can say whatever they want to you. They can do whatever. Man, I can, I, I've heard so much stuff on the field. It's, it's ridiculous. And then you're not supposed to react to it or respond to it. That's crazy. I mean, just think if we came to their job and – calling them all kind of names, yeah. cursing them out, doing everything, it wouldn't be right. But, you know, you see like in basketball, a lot of times it spills over because they're so close. Yep, right on the court. Some guys have gone in the stands. Be- just because you buy a ticket doesn't give you the right or the license to just say whatever you well, want to play it. But, well, but what I hear is, you know what, it's always done like this. And and it's 24-hour sports, so everybody talks about it. So, And, and I'm thinking – does that make it right? Just because it's it's normal in society, does that make it right? And mm-hmm. when you have those breakdown kind of conversations with people one-on-one or, you know, I go back and forth with people on social media, some of them are friends, most of them are people I know. Right. You wind up getting to the nuts and bolts of it where they break down that whole tough exterior. Right. And they realize, okay, you're talking to another human. You're right. talking to another man, telling him about how terrible he does his job. I mean, you're a carpenter, you're a plumber. You know what? That You might leave, leave a leak every once in a while. Right, huh? exactly. You know, that, those are the things that's real. And, you know, most, most players, as long as you're talking about the play on the field, I mean, everybody makes mistakes, everybody, whatever. If you want to talk about the, the play and how I played, that's, that's one thing. Right. But to talk about me personally and call me all these names and talk about my family and all that, that's when you're crossing the line. It's extremely unfortunate. I mean, you know? I've actually had – uh, death threats, and I'm not going to say who it came from, <clears throat> Chiefs fans, when I was in Denver. But uh, you know what? It was just It's just crazy because that right there, it, it, it questions whether you're a true professional or if you're going to dive back into the old you. And yeah. What I mean by yep. that is, yeah. I mean, we go handle all, it. Yeah, we yeah. were, all, we were yeah. all different before we became professional football players. Mm-hmm. But since we were drafted or since we've been on the NFL team, we had an obligation to be a professional on and off the field. Yep. So sometimes, you know, whenever you have these fans, they come in and they say whatever they want and, you know, they feel like they can do whatever they want to do, you know, they kind of test those limits a little bit. So if we were to become a little bit unprofessional, everybody sees it. Yeah. Everybody knows exactly what's going on. And now you're the bad guy. And now you're the bad guy. Now you're the guy that talked bad about somebody or you threatened somebody and now you're getting looked at as this, you know, serial killer or somebody that's going to, you know, really do harm to someone because – your NFL football. Yeah. And, and you know what? In reality, I remember 2017, I want to say, and, and I don't want to be held to that, but every year there's, what, 1,800 NFL players, right? 50-plus, yeah. roughly 50-plus on every team for 32 teams. And I remember during the offseason, people throw out the word thug and throw out mm-hmm. all these different negative connotations to uh, and attachments to players, and it was 37 off-field incidents. Now, 37 with 24-hour media coverage, right. that might sound like a lot. But yep. 1,800 players, and it was just 37 that were off-field incidents. Some of them major, some of them just, you know, all up and down the scale. Right. That's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can go on a whole nother tangent about the thugs and the, and the different uh, adjectives that are thrown out there against players because I don't hear those on the NHL Team. Yeah, I right. don't hear those on soccer players. I don't hear those in NHL, Major League Baseball. Fight every game. Fight every game. Right. Right. Now, oh, well, in hockey, it's it's part of the game. Yeah, well, right. don't they get penalized? Right. They get thrown in the penalty box in mm-hmm. hockey for fighting. We get penalized on the football field for fighting. 
Those are two synonymous things. They're two identical things that people want to treat differently. But that's a whole nother yeah, show yeah, yeah, and, yeah, how, and yeah. how we can tackle that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the reality is, the reality is, the reality is, going back to y'all comments, yeah. We have to we have to recognize that we just can't call people and, and say whatever we want just because we buy a hundred dollar ticket and pay sixty dollars to park, which is crazy. But right. in itself, we gotta be we gotta be real with how we deal with people on a human level. And if you're gonna call somebody out, and I challenge people on social media, if you're gonna call an athlete out, call out your neighbor, mm-hmm. call out your coworker, tell me about one of those guys that act in a fool, yeah. just like one of the athletes that you say, doctors, lawyers, uh, doctors, you know, so on, family members, trouble. You know, I mean, you you can't lump everybody in with just a few. Like you said, there was 37 incidents. You know, of course, everybody's not perfect. Yeah, people are gonna get in trouble, but that's every walk of life, every pr- profession. Yep. It's just that. People look at athletes in a different light. Yeah. Like they're sometimes it's crazy. Let me ask you guys this, man. Sometimes you go to an appearance or something, you feel like a zoo animal. Like, yeah, you definitely. know, like everybody look, yeah. everybody's staring at you, everybody <laughs> looking at you, or you got to entertain everybody. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it's a crazy feeling, man. Yeah, it but is. it's different. Know, yeah. And I was wondering if it was just me or no. so I'm glad to hear that from you guys. No, nah, I get cotton mouth I mean, because you're sitting there. <laughs> And, like, you're standing around and everybody's looking at you and you're talking so much and everyone has a question. It's like I get cotton mouth and then I get anxious because I got so many people that I've talked to and I'm still looking out and I see a crowd of people yeah. that I haven't gotten to yet. So, I mean. And then, you know, but we do it a lot. Right. But, no, I mean, no, it's, you know, it's, as it's far a, as, like, JC. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a JC and I, we're part of the Chiefs Ambassadors. We do a whole bunch in the community. We do a lot of outreach, speaking engagements, and so on. We're just talking about yeah. how – Unique it is, right? And and, how and, different and, it is. And I bring that up to say this though, is that there's a there's a time limit. There's a certain time, you know. And if there's somebody that you don't get to, or somebody that you're not able to speak to, then all of a sudden you're this bad guy. You're this mean guy. You're 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 this and that. Which you know you've just been here for 30, 45 minutes greeting everybody. Yep. Real quick injuries to Tyreek Hill, Mahomes's ankle, Sammy Watkins, the emergence. Do we feel like there's going to be any kind of issue with the Chiefs this weekend with those three components? I don't think so. I mean, of course, you know, everyone's looking at Tyreek Hill. He's he's definitely one of the fastest players in the NFL. He's one of the top receivers in the NFL, and he was just paid like one. So I don't think it's going to make too much of a difference. I think the Chiefs are still going to pull it through. All right, JC, we appreciate you coming in, man. Anytime. Thanks a lot. Uh, you know, you're a defensive back, so – there's only slightly uh, happiness that That's you were here. Joe, anytime, bro. Let me know. Hey, I appreciate you coming <laughs> on, my man. Thanks a lot. Players only. We'll be back next week. Yes, yes. This is Players Only. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.